you know, if you're playing video games or on screens, um, then that inherently means you're not doing something else, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not playing outside and being physically active, most likely, you know, depends on the nature of the game. Um, you're not reading books, you're not working on your handwriting. This is Mom Squad Pod, your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Mom Squad Pod, where we talk all things parenting. And today's topic is one that I think a lot of parents need to tackle within their own households, and especially this time of year as we start to get into extracurricular activities, school starting again, homework, and your kids still want some video gaming time. China made a big move. We'll talk about that in just a second, but I want to thank Dr. Kate Eshelman, clinical psychologist with Cleveland Clinic Children's for being with us to talk about this today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now, this was an interesting, uh, an interesting plot twist in China. Uh, they just decided that they were going to limit kids' video gaming time to three hours a week. And they're restricting it by saying that kids under the age of 18 can only play video games between 8 p.m., and 9 p.m. And from what it looks like, um, video gaming services will have to just kind of boot them off after an hour, but they're limiting that because they were saying it was um, causing some social issues within the country. Of course, that is very extreme, but if any parent has read that, they have to be thinking, well, how would that play out in my house? Is it a health concern for my child? And how would I feel about that? So Kate, if you could talk to me first, what is your reaction when you hear that? I, I know that it, it, it's a governmental and it's very extreme, but limiting it for a health reason, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's actually a pretty complex issue. Um, mm -hmm. We know that there can be some complications um, related to kind of mood and, and behavior and even um, you know healthy lifestyle when somebody spends too much, too much time on screens. So there can be complications. Um, and it's very hard to implement a one-size-fits-all rule, um, you know, that I think we need to look at a particular family and their situation, kids' activities, their own temperaments, um, you know, what are some of the values, you know, I think especially as we're coming, you know, hopefully making our way out of the pandemic that, um, you know, a lot of kids socialized through on, online gameplay. And so I, I think it's a very complex issue that it's hard to boil down to just this one rule for every family. And we don't live in China, so we are not facing this, this uh, restriction. Um, but the three hour limit a week, uh, you know, we've, we've talked so much through the pandemic about limiting screen time and all of a sudden screen time was the only way we were learning and our kids were learning and, and you and I on zoom right now, I mean, we've had an abundance of screen time. Um, do you think that like three hours a week is, is a good threshold for, for families to start to think of, or is it a daily limit? I mean, what do you think it, in terms of kids' health too, especially? Well, quite honestly, um, you know, at, at initial glance, it seems kind of low. Um, so, you know, a few years ago, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a recommendation for two hours a day. And then that changed a little bit because it depends on what it's being used for. I think even now, you know, my own children are back in the classroom, but even in the classroom, they're using the screen so much. And then, you know, so much work is being done um, on, you know, online, on the computer at home. It's not much paper and pencil anymore. Um, so, you know, I think that we have to take, again, the bigger picture into consideration. And upfront, three hours seems relatively low. 
you know, even with all this work that we do, it's important to have some time that you enjoy um, and, and filtering that into your day. And, so, and that seems like a little bit slow for that enjoyable activity. The reason why China was restricting this, they said gaming, especially, I mean, there, I know that there's a difference between watching TV and gaming, but I mean, it's all screen time, but they were saying specifically that gaming was having an addictive effect on kids, especially younger kids under the age of 18. Again, do you see that as a reality that, that some kids are some kids more susceptible to becoming addicted to gaming than others? Sure. I do think that there is some evidence, you know, um, some studies that have been done that, that suggest that. And I think many, you know, many of us can relate to having our kids at home and how hard it is to get them off because that is all that they want to do. Um, so whether it's kind of a true addiction, which I think there's, you know, a possibility of versus they just have such a hard time stopping. I definitely think that that happens in many households. Yeah. Is there a personality type when it comes to kids that you see they, they do get um, into that addictive mode when it comes to screen time and gaming? Sure. I think that there is kind of a personality component and, and a temperament component. You know, there are plenty of kids that are just as happy to play outside with kids in the neighborhood or, you know, to take the dogs out back and chase the ball. So not every child, you know, seeks out this, this screen time in the same way. Um, and certainly there are kids that just have, you know, uh, more difficulty managing um, frustration and emotion tolerance. So when they have to do what they don't want to do, in this case, getting off the screen, you know, they are more likely to react. Um, and then I think too, we have to watch very carefully the nature of the games um, that are being played because I think that plays a role as well. What, um, what games do you think? What nature of it, when you say nature of games, which ones are you talking about specifically? Sure, I think, you know, um, and I can't, I'm not so familiar with the, the titles, you know, I, I am not a gamer myself, um, but you know, a lot of them are, um, you know, aggressive aggressive games where they're shooting or killing, um, you know, as opposed to kind of sports-based games or racing kind of games. Um, and so I think, you know, potentially the more violent a game is, um, the more it can impact, um, especially the developing brain. And how is that? I feel like there's been studies over the years that, um, <laughs> who knows who's behind these studies, but um, coming to you as a psychologist, violent video games, there's studies that say they don't have a huge impact on or influence on kids. Then I've, I've seen a study that says, you know, it does make them kind of numb to the idea of violence when they are seeing such realistic images of shooting and killing. Um, where do you think parents' mind frame should be when it's, when it's introducing gaming and, and having those type of games? in the house. Do you think it, it, it we should err on less violence? Does it have a big impact on kids? Well, I do think, you know, and, and the games do have ratings. Um, and so I think just like when you're choosing a movie for, for your family to watch, that the parents should heed those ratings, um, you know, that their games are intended for individuals of a certain age. And I do think to your point, I mean, the technology associated with video games, it, sometimes I think, especially for younger children, you know, it's harder to kind of distinguish between reality and, and a game. And, and a part of that's developmentally appropriate, you know, kind of this magical thinking when we're very small um, and, you know, what's reality and what's pretend. And so when you are playing such realistic games, it does become um, a little bit harder to separate that. What about brain development in this case? Uh, where, 
under the age of 18, you know, I think that that's where they can draw the line of adult and child legally. But when it comes to brain development, 18 and under, where are kids, uh, where are they still developing and what uh, personality traits and function is being affected at what age? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. And, you know, what I think, to your point, 18 is the legal age when we become an adult, but really the, the brain goes on to developing into the early to mid 20s. Um, and, you know, different stages or different parts of the brain and personality and temperament are developing across time. Um, you know, those those personality traits are, you know, those those start early, as many of us probably know with our little ones um, and how those have kind of um continued as they've continued to grow, but things like executive functioning. Um, so our ability to kind of organize ourselves and um, kind of make good choices and, and really stop bad choices. You know, that's, um, you know, I think really kind of what's important here is we get these older middle school, high school kids that are playing and, and that's the area that really continues to develop up into the, you know, the twenties. Yeah. Are there any signs? Have you ever had a a patient, or, or do you see instances where there are signs that um, a child's development is being interrupted in some way because of a, a gaming or a screen time habit? How would parents recognize that too? Sure, and I think, um, you know, again, great questions. And, and big picture, because it when we're talking about screen time habit, we are talking about what the child is consuming, but we're also talking about, you know, if you're playing video games are on screens, um, then that inherently means you're not doing something else, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not playing outside and being physically active, most likely, you know, depends on the nature of the game. Um, you're not reading books, you're not working on your handwriting, you know, you're so these other, um, you know, you're not playing with other children um, in a way that that you would have before screen time, right? You're not engaging in imaginative or what we call kind of that dramatic play. Um, where you're using your imagination and being creative because a lot of it's being done for you, right? You're entering somebody else's creation. So it's not necessarily just the game that you're playing or the fact that you're on screens, but it's the things that you're not doing. Um, and so then I think when you look at kind of what are the signs, um, you know, I think you as parents step back and look at the big picture. Okay, you know, when was the last time they played with the neighbor down the street? You know, are they joining us at the dinner table for dinner? You know, kind of looking at the impact um, of the screen time on the other activities. Are they choosing not to play their sport this year because they seem so focused on video games? That sort of thing. Yeah, I've, I've seen lists before of like, um, you know, excessive screen time and gaming can lead to obesity and also those social skills that, that kids need when interacting with other kids and adults. Do you think that that is one of the major, um, I don't want to say new, but, but developing health problems that we've seen in recent years? I think it can be. You know, ideally, these kids, while they might be on screens when they're at home, and again, I think looking at the bigger picture, because many kids were at home throughout the pandemic, um, but, you know, kind of that aside, hopefully they're at school, they're interacting with teachers, you know, they're speaking to the people that work in the cafeteria, you know, that there are opportunities to practice these skills um, outside of, of playing video games. But again, if that's all the child is doing, then absolutely. Yeah. Can this... In your opinion, hours and hours of whether it's gaming, whether it's they're on their phones playing a game or, or 
scrolling through social media, especially for teens, are you seeing that lead to depression or higher instances of depression? Yeah, there is increased. Um, there has been research that shows increased mood concerns. Um, and again, there's a lot of factors. You know, I think a lot of times on social media, um, only the best is portrayed. Um, so you look at everyone else's perfect life and then you start comparing that to yourself. Um, with a lot of social media, you know, there's an opportunity for, for bullying in a way that wasn't present prior to the bullying was present prior to the onset of social media, but not available in the same way. Um, and again, just ex um, extended time on screens can have an impact on mood. And finally, um, especially screens before bed, which I think is very common um, for most of us, but it can impact sleep. And then when sleep quality is poor, then that can impact mood. Yeah. And I don't think it's any surprise. I think every parent knows that sitting a kid in front of a TV or letting your kid play video games, it puts them, I've always heard like the zombie-like state. And, and we do it too as adults. We're, we're zombie scrolling before we go to bed. Um, that's not a myth, right? I mean, like our brains change and, and kind of go into a, um, you know, a, a, I don't know, like a low power mode. Isn't that right? I'm not sure exactly about okay. that, you know, but what we do know is that one light, you know, the impact of the yeah. light on your sleep cycle, um, is a, an impact. And then also, you know, when you're putting all this in your brain right before bed, that affects how you sleep. You know, your brain does not shut down. Your brain continues to think and process throughout the night. And so when we're giving it more to think about and process before we fall asleep, um, it's going to most likely um, impact or create a less restful sleep environment. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and watching thinking, there's nothing wrong with video games. I've played them my whole life and nothing's wrong with me. And I, you know, I learned a lot. And I think back to like, whenever I hear this about screen time and I have little ones, they're not into gaming yet, but you know, I'll put my kids in front of Sesame street because I remember I learned letters on Sesame street. Are there benefits to, to, having some of these learning games that schools are now incorporating or having those shows that they do teach letters, do kids pick up in any way? I mean, what kind of benefits are we seeing from some of these? Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, this is not, um, you know, not all good or all bad. There can be benefits. So if you're looking at educational shows, whether it's academic education, where you're learning the letters or, you know, colors or that sort of thing. Um, also the social emotional, a lot of the early childhood um, shows promote that um, cooperation and friendship and empathy. Um, so there can be value to that. Again, you know, through the pandemic, the opportunity for our kids to socialize this way, you know, that was be better than nothing. So it's not, you know, all good or all bad. It's, you know, how you weigh it um, and balance it in with everything else. Is there any truth to, and I, I feel like I've realized this in my own family, and, and this might be something that all parents realize, but I want your expertise to weigh, weigh in here too. Like when I, mom guilt here, you know, I need a half hour break. I need to cook dinner for, I need 20 minutes to a half hour, go sit in front of the TV. And then when I tell them, okay, it's time for dinner, then there's meltdowns or maybe there's meltdowns later in the day. And I have to think back, did I give them too much screen time? What, is that the reason why? What do you think? Is that, I mean, is that a reason why we should be limiting screen time? Is there a correlation between watching a show and then a meltdown later? 
I, I think there could be. Now, in reality, if we're talking about watching a show, you know, mm-hmm. then that probably is not causing the meltdown later. You know, again, I think it's, what is very hard is it's hard um, for many kids to shift between activities. Um, we all want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. So if I want to watch this show and you tell me you that I have to stop, um, you know, that might be the cause for the meltdown as opposed to, you know, the fact the show itself. Um, so, you know, again, we know that it can affect mood and behavior, but also kind of looking, well, maybe the kids didn't sleep as well last night or they're hungry, you know, dinner's late because we're running late because of life and they're actually melting down because they're hungry. It might have nothing to do with the show. Um, I think every parent also worries about the addiction aspect to go back to that too. I mean, and that's really kind of what kickstarted this conversation is that's what China's saying is that, that it becomes an addiction of screen time. Um, which is something that as kids, I don't know if we really grew up with as much. And then you go back our parents' generation and they definitely didn't have it. Um, but then again, the technology that kids have to use to keep up with life, they have to have some of it within there. Um, do you think we're on a path of, some sort of dangerous uh, addiction or some sort of dangerous change in behavior or detrimental in, in any way when it comes to physical health, mental health, or just changing personalities? I think we do have to be careful. Again, I think it's very hard to make a sweeping statement because, you know, even kids that don't want to end when they have to, um, you know, and it's hard, like maybe they're in the middle of a game and, and you know, just like adults, you know, if I'm in the middle of something and my child needs my help, you know, I'm often going to ask them, wait just a minute, let me finish what I'm doing, right? But as parents, we don't necessarily give them that same choice. Um, So, you know, again, I think that a lot of what we see um, can be attributed to kind of um, less devious or or concerning factors, but I do think we have to be careful. I mean, I think certainly um, from a health standpoint, you know, obesity, um, and, and for many years has been on the rise, but when you have a child or an adult sitting in front of a screen um, for hours on end. Um, I think, you know, one, not only are they not physically active, but a, t- a lot of times there's mindless eating, right? So you might go grab a box of cereal or a bag of chips and you might eat while you're playing. Um, so it, it, you're kind of getting it, eating less healthy foods probably in a mindless way and not engaging in physical activity. Um, and those certainly are concerns. Um, so, I, you know, I do think while we know that there's concerns for impact on socialization and and physical health and and mood and sleep, Um, you know, I think if not tended to, and and if no one's overseeing it, that absolutely concerns can develop. So if a parent comes to you and says, how do I start to, you know, my kid doesn't want to give up screen time, or where do I even start to get through to them on, um, and I know this could depend on age, but on, on limits and what's healthy and how do you have that talk in your own household? Sure. I think part of the goal is to educate them as to why, right? Um, you know, I've noticed that, and, and, and we have to be very careful of all of these things, right? But like, I've noticed you haven't been playing out, outside as much. And so I, you know, I want us to play outside after dinner, or, you know, I want you to walk the dogs with me or that sort of thing. So kind of educating them on why it is, and, and you can, defer to, um, you know, the pediatrician who says it's not a good idea or this article you read or this podcast you heard, you know, you can blame it on somebody else. Um, yeah. <laughs> educating them as to why 
and then set the expectations. Um, you know, so going forward, you know, we're going to be off by seven o'clock um, or wh whatever it is in your household. So setting the expectation, you know, oftentimes when we think about just, this is a form of managing behavior, right? So with behavior management, it's good to give warnings. Um, so if the, the expectation is that we're going to be off at seven o'clock, you know, at 645, you give a warning, you know, at 655, you give a warning, and then at seven o'clock, um, it's, it's time to get off. So you want to educate, um, kind of give clear statements about what the expectation is going to be and, and kind of warn them through the process. And I always, you know, recommend this for parents, you know, for you guys, it's a lot of deep breathing because they're not going to want to do it. It's not going to be easy. It will likely get worse before it gets better. And that's where a lot of that deep breathing um, is very helpful. Um, you know, so we don't necessarily expect that the kids are going to be happy about it, but we do expect that they're going to comply with the parents' rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, with parents, too, I mean, we, here I am saying, oh, it's the kids who are getting addicted. Um, parents almost seem to have that addiction too. I, I don't want to say that um, to blame parents in any way because I, I'm a parent who has to be plugged in all day as well. I'm, I'm emailing at night and I, and I always feel guilty whenever I'm sending that email and I try to tell them, hold on, you know, mommy just has to send a quick email. This is for work. Uh, but I feel like when I do that, I'm not modeling the best behavior. So is it a, a matter of, this is a family rule, no, you know, and phones go in a certain room and, and how much does our behavior influence what they see and what they do even at young ages? Sure. And I, you know, I want to be clear that like what we talk about is simple, but not easy, right? right. So all of these things are best case scenarios. And yes, you know, our behavior does influence theirs in a couple of ways. You know, one is just, as you said, modeling, right? So if, if I have my phone in my hand, which a lot of times I do, you know, similarly checking emails, you know, we're always accessible these days. Um, and so, you know, if I have my phone in my hand and I'm on screens, then that shows them, you know, that that's okay. And, and actually that's the way that we go through the day is on the screen. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is that, you know, to your point earlier, if I'm on my phone um, and, you know, I'm checking emails or, or reviewing charts or whatever it may be, and I need a minute where I'm not interrupted, right? It's very easy to let them go get on, um, to you know, not get them off. And so not only am I showing them that this is how we do it, but when I'm on my screen, I can't control how what they're doing. And so those are some ways that it impacts their behavior. Yeah. I think overall, anytime we have any of these questions, I mean, it all boils down to, am I leading my child to have a healthy life. And so before we wrap up, I mean, I just kind of want to go over, I know we've talked about a lot of topics here, but just overall, when I hear an entire country is limiting video game screen time to just three hours a week and only on weekends, I'm thinking, am I doing something wrong with my kids or am I doing something unhealthy? Are they okay? when it comes to maybe an hour a day, or if it ends up being between school and afternoon, two hours a day. Overall, just in general, to kind of summarize, am I okay? Are my kids okay? If they're doing more than three hours a week? Yes, I think you're okay. I think your kids are okay. And I, again, that's where I think each parent needs to step back and, and take a look. I, how do your kids seem? Do they seem 
happy? Do they seem calm and relaxed most of the time? Or do they seem pretty irritable and frustrated and, and seem to have difficulty coping and controlling things? And, you know, do they seem to be sleeping okay? You know, do they seem to be eating okay? Are we enjoying time together as a family? You know, are we, and every family is different in what they're able to do, but are we walking the dog together sometimes? Are we able to sit down at the table together sometimes? You know, and so just kind of stopping to check in and take a look at how your kids seem, right? And if you have concerns, then it's time to step back and look, you know, maybe it's related to video games, maybe it's not, um, you know, and, and but so then if we have concerns about the kids, what is causing those concerns? And, and it's okay, you know, speak to your pediatrician, um, speak out, you know, behavioral health services, talk to professionals at the school, you know, they're well-versed in this. Um, but I think, yes, your kids are okay. Okay. <laughs> it's great information. It's always a great topic to, to tackle because I feel like as kids go through different phases, parents have different questions and, and, you know, as we develop in technology and as our kids are learning from home or maybe learning a little bit more off of screens in school, it's always a huge question that we've had. Dr. Kate Eshelman, thank you so much for all of the great information. And thanks to all of you for joining us on the Mom Squad Pod. We'll see you right back here next time. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.